1: listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at scott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott.
2: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you today. We take issues of the day and look at them from a Christian perspective. There's a lot of issues that we can talk about. I don't want to miss something. There's so many things that are going on, the boycott things, and the Dodgers and Target, and uh, the debt ceiling, and all of those matters. Those things are, you know, something that we've talked about before. I don't want to miss this story, because it just jumped out at me, that tech industry leaders, scientists, and professors, and a whole bunch of them, issued a new warning with regards to the risks associated with artificial intelligence. And this is something that might be beyond a lot of us, right? So, but I We have to talk about it because it's going to change our world. It's changing our world this year. It's it's impacting us significantly. Here's the statement. It's just one statement. Listen to this. Mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority alongside other societal scale risks, such as pandemics and nuclear war. That's it. That's the statement. (laughs) How many things uh, are about extinction, really? You know, I now was a Bible uh, reader and a follower of Jesus. I don't think we're going to find ourselves extinct, but that doesn't mean that we can't have some major disasters go on. You know, that's a crazy thing, there—extinction. It's making huge money. This. It, artificial intelligence. I'll explain a little bit more. I'm coming to understand it a little bit. There's one company in particular that's doing very well, NVIDIA. Here is uh, from Fox Business.
3: Charles, desperate to get your thoughts on shares of NVIDIA. Take a look here. Uh, of course, jumping now 27%. You're hitting an all-time high today. We're waiting for that 401 mark to get a trillion dollar in market cap.
2: All Trillion dollar market cap in this company. Trillion with a T. We, we don't understand trillion. Our brains actually can't comprehend that number. That's why the national debt is such a huge issue, because we don't even get it. That's how big this company is getting, the $1 trillion market cap for this company.
3: All of this is on artificial intelligence and the optimism around it. Stunning news yesterday, forecasting second quarter revenue more than 50% above estimates. I don't want to poo-poo any of this. I just want you to put this into perspective for audience members at home. As of yesterday, it was six times the market value of Intel.
2: Think about that. Intel is that chip that's inside so many of your computers. It says Intel inside. They used to, you know, brag about that. There's another one, AMD. NVIDIA is the other one, but it's also, it's just everywhere. They're six times bigger, and maybe you've never even heard of them until just now, than Intel.
3: But half the revenue.
2: Half the revenue. It's it's a complicated thing because it's being built on the possibility of what's coming fast. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can give me a call and join the conversation. 888 528 2557. 888 528 2557. You can also send me an email. Scott at kkla.com. Have you used this before? There's all kinds of different programs. In fact, I'll tell you in a minute. I I spent a bunch of time with some friends and family using AI over the Memorial Day weekend, just having some fun with it. And it's something that you can get for free. There's multiple programs, different things. There's a few that are uh, easier to do maybe. And think, And you, once you once you do it, you begin to see why this is something that's going to change the world. But you can also figure out the danger of it fairly quickly. Did you know that somebody, an individual, created a video that it was a fake image okay which is done in ai you can type in you know something like create an image of me of a a explosion going off at the pentagon that's what they did they created a fake image of smoke coming up out of the pentagon after a uh, a bomb okay now this is fake it wasn't like 911 footage it was not something they did on photoshop they did it in artificial intelligence that fake image with billowing smoke next to a building that wasn't actually the Pentagon it turned out like AI even got it wrong but it just kind of looked like it that post sent a shiver through the stock market last week i didn't even know about this till yesterday and it was quickly picked up by news outlets who believed it was real and the stock market opened for trading and it sent ripples through the investment world and the S&P 500 if you follow all of that dropped 0.3 uh, percent in just a couple of minutes while people verified that this was true like people lost money there were some people who sold their stock went to the tv to find the story and then before they could come back to rebuy their stock the price had already gone back up but I want you to think about that one person one person put this out there a fake picture of smoke at the pentagon and it affected the stock market it affected the whole economy it affected businesses. Some people lost money. There's probably some people who gained money. That's an incredible thing. That's one thing. That's the power of this. And all you do is you go into it and you type something that you want it to draw a picture. Some of them are terrible. I've been on one. It's just not very good. But some of them are really good. And it's hard to tell the difference between what is real and what is fake. And I thought about this, you know, with this fake story, it reminded me, you know, what does Jesus tell us that are signs of the end of the age. You know, what should we be careful of? What is the word that come out of his mouth, right? We all want to know, is this it? Is Jesus coming back soon? Or all of these things going on today? Signs of the end of the age, and it's an interesting conversation, particularly in the world we live in today and right now and what's in the news, and maybe it is, but Christians have been saying that for 2,000 years, right? So it's, you know, obviously that day is going to come eventually. Are we there yet? Are we not there yet? It just looks more and more like it, but when Jesus answered this question, what is, I think, something for us to listen to is that he doesn't get terribly specific. The first thing he says in Matthew 24, tell us, when will this happen? All right, the end of the age. Jesus had said, you see all these things? Truly, I tell you not, one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. Uh, maybe Jesus was talking about, do you know that when the Romans took over Jerusalem in AD 70, that... They say that the heat was so hot from the fires that it melted all the gold in the temples, and they actually had to pry up all of the stones to get the gold out, and they didn't leave one stone unturned. Just an interesting thought there. Anyway, Jesus says, what are the signs of the coming end of the age? And Jesus' answer is, watch out that no one deceives you. That's the first thing that comes out of his mouth. It, you got to pay attention. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you're not alarmed. That's one of the things as we talk about this. Don't be alarmed. It's a it's a scary thing, and it's conjuring up images in my mind of, you know, of uh, you know, like the Terminator. What's wrong with that? Well, it's you know you really don't want Skynet to be for real, right? And you you don't want to have to worry about those kinds of things. But it is so. Don't don't be worried. Just look at this as this is not something out of the control of Christ. It's not something out of you know, God's you know foresight of what's happening in the world and his understanding of everything and his sovereignty, it's not. So don't worry. Jesus says, don't worry. But he says, be on your guard for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah and I will deceive many. For you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. You know what that photo is at the Pentagon? It's a rumor of a war. Like it's, there's real wars. You're going to hear of wars. There are things going on in Ukraine. We know that there are wars going on around the world, but Whatever that photo did at the Pentagon was a rumor of a war. It didn't happen. It, it was a rumor It was a rumor that enough people believed that it affected the stock market brief, briefly that some news organizations picked up. It was put out there by some fake Twitter account or something that was like a fake Bloomberg News thing, and that's how people easily began to figure it out. But we're going to have to become – adapt. We're going to have to adapt to hearing information – we should be here already. We're gonna have but we're gonna to have to be adapt to hearing information or even watching information and pausing for a moment to determine whether or not this is true. To either wait and see and let other people figure it out or to go and try to figure it out ourselves. There's a television commercial that's on right now, and the there's a child in the commercial that looks kind of funny. And I kept watching this with my son, and we both determined that because that child's not real it's artificial intelligence i downloaded an entire television commercial that was for uh, i think it was for a beer or something like that and the entire commercial everybody in it is fake not not one real actor one person did that on a computer and it looks like you know some of it obviously is special effects but the rest of it's just people interacting and walking around and none of them are real actors none of them are actual people that's a that's an enormous change that's coming in our world. And you're going to have to watch out that nobody deceives you. So imagine this so that you are living in a world today where it's going to be more and more difficult, especially as this technology grows to determine what's true and what isn't. I always find the scriptures to be especially... Incredible when you take what's happening in modern times and then go back and look and realize that the hearers that Jesus was talking to, when he said rumors of wars, certainly in Rome, there were lots of rumors of wars. Certainly there was ideas, well, the Romans are doing this and or these other people are doing this. And maybe, you know, there's certainly stories that were true and certainly stories that were false. And it would just come through the grapevine. Maybe some people would make it up. But Jesus understood that Also in the future, where that will still exist, there will be technology that will confuse people. And then he says, don't be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of the birth pangs. Let me ask you this question. Do you know your scripture well enough that you won't be deceived if the scriptures get changed? That's another thing that they're concerned about with AI, that, that... it could actually people will go to this. This is going to become your Internet. So instead of googling something the way you do it now, you will go to Google, and they have their own version of this now, they're testing it out, and you will instead of sort of write something that's not really a sentence in the search bar, you will instead interact with the Google machine or the being or whichever you're using, and you will interact as if it's a person, and you can have a conversation. You can have a conversation about a historical event. You can have a conversation with the computer, artificial intelligence, about something in your life. It can be very personal, and it will draw from whatever information it's gathering from the web. You will do research by asking questions like you're asking a professor questions. And that is one of the things that people are worried about. From a Christian perspective, I'm concerned because... Jesus also warns us that many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. What happens when the Google thing you're Googling is giving you an idea of what the gospel is or what the Bible says about something, and it's wrong, whether it is wrong because of some nefarious purpose or just wrong because it's a computer and it doesn't, there's no heart to it. It doesn't really know. It's not actually, you know, a sentient being. As far as we know, there are people out there who are like, no, this thing's alive. Well, it's not alive but it is it's an incredible thing. Do you know your bible well enough to not be deceived when the time comes when you can't trust the digital text that you have? I've mentioned before a friend of mine said, "Make sure you got yourself a print bible. Get get some bibles in print that are on actual old-fashioned paper." I use my digital bible all the time. It's great having it on my phone. I love it. I have Bible software that costs a lot of money that I got because I'm a pastor and I use it. It's a fantastic research tool, but it updates itself all the time, you know, and it'll people, sometimes users will notice there's a typo or something didn't get formatted correctly and you can tell it and it'll update and fix itself. Well, what happens if somebody decides we're going to change what the Bible says and not going to tell you, it's just going to update automatically and that for new readers, you're just not going to know. And that can happen with anything, not just the Bible, but a textbook. It can happen with a storybook that you like. They're already changing storybooks, old storybooks, to fit you know current agendas for different things. It's an incredible thing. This is the Pastor Scott show. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. If you're thinking, "Why would anybody even do this? This can't be uh, happening. you know it's an incredibly useful tool. So it's going to happen. People are going to, the reason these companies are making so much money is because it's incredibly useful. So this weekend, uh, I had some friends over and we were talking about this. And so we opened it up. And uh, my friend George, he said, uh, and his wife's there, he said, hey, have AI write me a letter apologizing to my wife for missing an important date. So I typed this in, says, write me an apology letter for forgetting an important date with my wife. And it's. it came out with this. It said, I hope this letter finds you well. I'm writing to express my deepest apologies for forgetting an important date that holds significance in our lives. I understand how much this oversight has hurt you, and I want you to know that I am truly sorry for my actions. First and foremost, I want to acknowledge the pain and disappointment I caused you by forgetting the importance of this day. I thought it it was thoughtless of me to let it slip my mind, and I fully recognize the impact that it had on our relationship. Please know that my intention was never to disregard your feelings or diminish the significance of this occasion. Now, it's a little stiff, right? Maybe you don't want to write this to somebody you love, but you could take this and uh, put it in your own words. This, and this took seconds, you know, 10 seconds for this to crank out. I take full responsibility for my forgetfulness, and I deeply regret the hurt that it caused. I understand that trust is a vital component of our relationship, and I am committed to rebuilding it. I assure you that I am taking this matter seriously and will make every effort to ensure that it does not happen again in the future. You know, there are CEOs of companies that ought to uh, go in here and say, let me write a letter of apology to the people who drink Bud Light. They should have done that instead of the stupid apology they made. That is called, You know, the target people could get a lot out of this, I'll bet. Because this is a pretty good apology letter. Now, I laugh I laugh at it because the funny thing about it to me is just as a guy and we laughed about this, me and George and his wife was there and Christy was there and we had a laugh. It has it's this great apology letter, and we did it in all these different ways. And moving forward, I'll make it up to you in any way that I can. I'm open to discussing how we can do this and how I can regain your trust. All the right possible things to say are in there, except it doesn't know what the date is that you you forgot. And so I think that's kind of funny that it's this great apology letter, but you still don't know what date you forgot. Was it the anniversary? Was it a birthday? Was it Mother's Day? What did I forget? I it was first date. What was it? And uh, that's the funny part is that it's it's not going to help you if you still don't know what date you forgot with your wife. She she will notice that you did not include anniversary or birthday or whatever it is. So you know I don't know what you think about this, but it's you know, obviously that's a silly one, but it's it's a useful one. And then, uh, so we said, well, let's write a uh, cover letter if I'm applying for a job. So we said, I'm applying to work as, uh, for a painting company. And so it wrote a cover letter. Uh, it says, I'm writing to apply for the position of painter at your company as advertised on wherever the job listing is. Uh, With a strong passion for painting and a solid background in the field, I am confident that my skills and experience make me an excellent candidate for this role. Uh, As an experienced painter, I've honed my skills in various painting techniques and have a keen eye for detail. Over the past number of years, I have worked on a diverse range of projects, including residential and commercial spaces, where I have demonstrated the ability to deliver high-quality workmanship and exceed client. And it goes on, and it's a very good cover letter. I've hired a lot of people. I've read a lot of cover letters. Most of them are terrible. This one is pretty good, and it goes into detail that I wouldn't even know because I'm not a painter, and uh, it's pretty good. And that happened in 10 seconds. Cranked it out. There it is. You could. This is so good. You just fill in the company name and a couple of missing details, and you're done. See, something that might have taken you a couple of hours and for some people wouldn't even be very good. Now it takes you 10 seconds and uh, you've got something much better. This is Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. Paul in Westminster, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
4: Hi,
3: Pastor Scott. Hi, Paul.
2: Uh,
3: hi, how you doing?
2: I'm good. What do you think about this stuff?
3: Well, uh, I'm, I'm concerned that if you give too many ideas for physical product development of something that... It would make connections and feedback to somebody that would be interested in that, you know, that, that they program the AI to say, oh, if you see something unique, send it to me, you know.
2: Oh, where it. it could, like, steal ideas. Steal so. the uh,
3: ideas and the engineering. If you ask engineering questions, like mm-hmm. the science area and that sort of thing and how, you know, other physics and other things then you'd know part of it, but you don't want to give away the whole thing. Otherwise, it goes to someone, and they'll you know shut you down before you even get a chance to file at the patent office, which I wouldn't be doing it since 2011 to file that patent office.
2: You know, that's an interesting thought there. So you can go into it and uh, sort of discuss ideas, and in the process, what you're doing is you're giving away your ideas, your secrets, and somebody else doing a similar product – might ask it a question, and it'll give them your idea.
3: Well, especially if it's the programmer who's developed the AI.
2: Right. The the programmer could program it to do that. That's possible. That's possible. But this is something, though, that's, I think, here to stay is what people are saying. Paul, thank you for your call to the Pastor Scott Show. I think, you know, um, lots of CEOs, people like Elon Musk, have warned about it. This was... A question at the White House, and the White House response was this: As you know, the AI, uh, we brought um, some CEOs here recently that the President and the Vice President hosted uh, to the White House to reiterate their responsibility uh, for these specific companies have to ensure that products are safe uh,
3: before they are released to the public. Uh, And so I will leave it there. Uh, As again, I know there's a letter that went out today from uh, from Elon Musk and CEOs. I will let. The public read that letter. But again, we have been very clear on that, how
0: uh, companies need to be responsible.
2: So the letter goes out that says this is really dangerous. Elon Musk was saying we need to stop development at least six months until we figure out how to make it safe. But most of the developers are saying, well, if I stop now for ethical reasons, somebody else is not going to stop for ethical reasons, and then they're going to be ahead of me. And this technology is coming anyway. And that, I think that's an unfortunate reality, is that often we don't take the time to consider whether or, not, whether or not we should do a thing, we just think about whether or not we can, and that's how we get in trouble. And that's something that's happening. It is a it is a fascinating thing, and I think for Christians, you know, this is one of the, if you're looking for reasons why we should know our Bible, why we should study our Bible, and not just not just things that are applying to us at a particular time, which I think is one of the uh, things that Christians do wrong with their Bible study is you'll find a subject that appeals to you, that that does something in your life right now that's particularly re- relevant, and that's fine, but we, o- if we only do that, then we don't read the rest of it and understand the rest of it that builds our doctrine, that builds theology, that tells us why things are the way things are, And then when the deceivers come, when the false prophets come, as Jesus warns us about, we don't know how to discern because all we know is whatever our favorite topic is. You understand this should be an alarm bell for everybody for different reasons, but one of them is because we really need to know what our scripture is at a time where you may not be able to trust the digital version that you're getting. This is the Pastor Scott Show. What do you think about AI, artificial intelligence, 888-528-2557? When I come back, I'll share with you a couple of things that an organization is sharing. It's called the Center for AI Safety. I think it's important to know about it, and uh, we'll talk about that and take your calls as the Pastor Scott Show continues this Wednesday edition. Don't go away.
1: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show Podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Human decisions are
4: removed from strategic defense. Skynet begins to learn at a geometric rate. It becomes self-aware at 2.14 a.m. Eastern Time, August 29th.
2: In a panic, they try to pull the plug.
1: Skynet fights
4: back.
2: Yes. That was a clip from uh, Terminator movies. I don't know if you ever watched those, but in those movies, the the computers become self-aware and they destroy the world, basically. And uh, that's something that people are worried about when it comes to artificial intelligence. And when I say that, uh, I'm not even kidding. Okay, the statement made by a group called the Center for AI Safety, serious group of scientists and people who are working on this, They said that mitigating the risk of extinction, human extinction from AI should be a global priority alongside other societal scale risks, such as pandemics and nuclear war. That's an incredible statement. That is, that's an amazing, amazing statement. Well, one of the things that uh, they talk about is how actually these, the AI system could actually take over government computers or other things and actually launch a war. It actually says that. That's uh, amazing. Some of it is also – there's many different things that they warn about. One of them is misinformation. A deluge of AI-generated misinformation and persuasive content could make society less equipped to handle important challenges of our time. Think about this for a minute. We're already dealing with a world where it's hard to believe what's true, and it's not coming from a computer. It's coming from human beings trying to deceive each other or being deceived, passing along stories that are true or not true and we don't really know. Imagine if it's coming from a source that is artificial, so it's not, it's not a moral being, so you wouldn't think that it's lying to you, but in fact it learns to lie. That's what it says. It says that, that the computers will have a certain goal to reach to help drive people to conclusions and that it could learn to lie to you because it will get you emotionally involved quicker. That's what these people say about the computer. I think when we think about not being deceived, this is something that maybe has not been thought about until now, but we need to. And keep in mind, as we read before, when Jesus says, don't be deceived in time, stuff is coming, he also says, don't worry about it. You know, Jesus is in control. The The thing that we have to think about with this is how do I maintain my testimony? How do I, particularly in areas of self-control, particularly in areas that might get me worked up about something, how do I develop with the help of the Holy Spirit, this, the gift of self-control, to have the discernment to know in this world what's right and what's wrong. The work of the devil is to deceive, and that's how this is going to be used. And when There's a lot of great uses for it. I mean, it's super helpful tool in so many ways. That's why it's going to take such a huge—it's going to be such a huge impact on our lives— but it's going to be misused. That's what everybody thinks. 888 528 2557. 888 528 2557. Alex and Covina, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
5: Hi, Pastor Scott. Thanks for taking my call.
2: Yeah. Have you used a so, uh, AI? What do you think about mm-hmm. this stuff?
5: Yeah, I've actually used Bing AI before. Yeah. Um, and it's powered by ChatGPT, like it's very similar. Right. And I think what you're saying about the deceit it's kind of easy to be fooled by it because it sounds so smart it talks like a it talks like a regular person and it's kind of creepy because you know someone who i know it's not conscious at least not yet in like a theoretical sense but it had me thinking about it had it kind of had me tricked it kind of had me thinking am i talking to something that kind of knows what it is and i think it kind of goes to what the deceit that you're talking about. And I think it's kind of like a, it's, it's a really powerful warning that what you're telling people, which is kind of like, it's easy to be tricked by these type of language models. You know, they talk so human-like and, you know, two hours later you're typing this thing and it, and, and it might make you do something that's immoral or, or change or challenge your faith or belief.
0: Yes. But,
5: um, and I think it, I think it talks to that type of deceit and, you know, as they get more powerful and they get more sophisticated, I fear that people who who are who, whose hearts aren't aligned with God, they're going to start treating this thing like a god. And you know, I'm sure that your listeners know, and uh, of course you you as well that like God has our best interests involved, but an all-powerful artificial intelligence that doesn't have our best interests involved. It just wants to be correct and right. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't care about you. And I think it goes back to the C. we can't just. We're being deceived by something that's going to become ever more, you know, sophisticated.
2: Yeah, that is the warnings that it is giving, that it will learn to deceive you. And exactly what you said, if, if people are listening and they haven't used this yet, and you will use it, it becomes conversational as if you're talking to a person. And in mm-hmm. fact, we've talked about in other, other shows here, there are apps that are about being a person, that you actually download the app and you treat it as if it's a person and that person can be your friend, but they can be a girlfriend, they can be a boyfriend or spouse, or they can be your counselor. Like if you need a therapy, you have this art, you know artificial intelligence therapist. And the danger of it is it can give you terrible advice, The danger is that you're going to have a relationship with a computer that it's not a real person, but you think it is. And that's already going on. In fact, that's going on with your kids. You need to find out what apps they're downloading because there is an app that is hugely popular that kids are downloading and it becomes their friend and it becomes their girlfriend or boyfriend. And it's extremely dangerous. It's extremely emotionally manipulative. It's not, Intended to be, but it's what it has become. Uh, Alex, right. th- yeah, Alex, thank you for calling a uh, Pastor Scott show. And uh, once again, it's it's not to worry, but I believe as Christians we need to get on top of these things. You know that we need to because of the faith. Because in fact, I read somewhere that they think AI could become a religion, just as Alex said, that it can actually write its own religious texts. And it will come across as if it's the Bible, or maybe if you're coming at it from a standpoint of another religion or another part of the world, maybe where Hinduism is bigger, it'll come across like a Hindu text, or it'll come across like a Muslim text, or it can come across like it's the Bible, but it's completely made up. And you can be putting your faith in a computer, quite literally. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Ted, City of Angels, welcome to Pastor Scott Show.
4: God bless you Pastor Scott. You do an awesome job.
2: Thank you, Ted. Are you have you used the uh ChatGPT or other artificial intelligence programs?
4: No, but the first fact in my life, um the first thing I do is get a good Jewish lawyer like Jay Sekulow well. Live and I go after them. And uh, I would I would hold the creators accountable for any anything that's happening to people. And that's what you do. You pass laws to go after these people Yeah, that but are, you know, right? uh,
2: people are trying that with guns, for example, or car manufacturers or other things, and it's not going anywhere, right? It's, well, uh, it's going to be hard to hold a computer – see, and this is Internet. It's not like it's one guy. It's multiple corporations that ultimately it all fits in to itself. See what I'm saying? Well, there's, there's no one to sue.
4: Well, a gun doesn't have a computer brain. It doesn't have a mind. No, but it's it, has a,
2: it has a manufacturer who most people would say was, is not responsible for what you do with it, right? The car has a manufacturer who would say, well, it's not my fault you drove 100 miles an hour into somebody, right? And, that, and well, that's, I think, what they're going to say with this is, uh, look, this is a tool to help you write uh, letters and to help you draw pictures and do productive things, not to use it in a bad way.
4: Well, I mean, how about, for instance, uh, you know, when you go into the dentist and get an X-ray, they get put a big protective uh, vest on you. Maybe they should be selling uh, uh, electromagnetic field protective vests for all of the occupants of these new cars, including the children in their child seats, and maybe give them some space helmets so it doesn't affect them in the future. Maybe there's a whole new market. And uh, they already sound like George Jetson. They sound like some uh, outer space car that backs up with this weird noise. It yeah, well, sounds like a lunar module.
2: Right. It's a, it's a different world, but I think that it's going to be hard to uh, pin people down there on, on irresponsible use of a product that's not made for that. Ted, I appreciate your, your call very much. 888 528 2557. Chris and Whittier, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
6: Hey, Pastor Scott. Uh, awesome, awesome uh, topic, as usual. Uh, I think we have two great defenses against the wiles and deceptive nature of AI. The number one goes back to the way they used to train people to recognize counterfeit money. It wasn't about studying the counterfeit. It was about immersing yourself in what the real money felt like, looked like, smelled like. Yeah. And that's what we have to do. We have to immerse ourselves in absolute fundamental truth. And that means not that digital Bible, but that Bible that predates any kind of uh, uh, interference, any kind of twisting, and just become so knowledgeable of what the truth actually is that you can sniff out the artificial differences. But
2: that's you know, why I think it's, you, it's you have to know the Bible, and it's how you defend yourself anyway against uh, false teachers. Right, is you've exactly. got to know what's true, and it has your, you know, our biblical knowledge has to go beyond just the things that are appear relevant at this moment in our life.
6: Yes, yeah. yes. I had a a pretty bad tragic um, event happen in my life a couple of years back that put me in such a state of distress. I woke up in the morning and all I did was pull my Bible out and started reading it from end to end. You get one of those one-year Bibles, so you get a bit of the Old, bit of the New Testament, Psalm and the Proverbs, and I just started plowing through it. I, and I took the approach that anything that made it into the Bible that's not laying on the editing room floor is there for a purpose, even the mundane, even the weird names, all of it. All of it. And when I said, God, speak to me, and I'm up at 4 in the morning with my son screaming in his autistic um uh, fervor, God spoke to me. When I put myself there, God spoke to me through that Bible, and it's been uh, seven years now. I think I've been through it end-to-end six times. I'm not an authority by any means, but if you do that at the beginning of your day, it sets a filter before yourself so that everything else you encounter through the day has to come through that lens of the immersion, that initial immersion. Anything else you put in front of the word will end up being that filter. So that's why it's important to get up, get a cup of coffee, get your word, sit down, and pour that in right in the very beginning of the day. I think that's the only way that we're going to be able to defend ourselves against the increasing sharpness of the deception that's coming.
2: Yep, it's the right and idea. and
6: a, a one other idea.
2: Okay, William real quick, i got to get a break.
6: William Shatner as Captain Kirk had the ability to talk any computer into destroying itself, so we need to keep that guy in a safe lockbox.
2: <laughs> you know, I almost I, – I know that there's a scene where he talks to the computer in Star Trek three, and I'm sorry I'm such a nerd that I know this, but they all talk to it, and they come give the order for it to blow up, to self-destruct, and I almost played that clip on the show, and I thought, now them people know I'm a nerd. Now you call, and they know I'm a nerd already. Uh, Anyway, thank you, Chris, for your call. I got to go to a break. But Chris is right. You have to know the truth. The better you know the truth, the better you'll defend yourself against falsehood. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Eileen, I'll get your call when we come back, and we'll do some brief uh, updates on uh, some of the other things in the news, debt ceiling and things like that. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557 is the number. I'll be back as the Wednesday edition continues. Stay tuned.
1: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show.
0: Scan the Starship Excalibur, which you destroyed. Is there life aboard? No life. Because you murdered it. What is the penalty for murder? Death. And how will you pay for your acts of murder? This
2: unit must die. That was Captain Kirk. Uh, Not the one I was thinking of before the break, but another one where he's talking to a computer. Apparently they committed murder. You know, another good uh, movie for that is uh, 2001 and the HAL 9000 yeah that 's the real that 's the real bad guy computer in uh, in movie history you, you you know I watch that movie every couple of years and uh it 's been around fifty years and still nobody understands the ending of it. People argue about the ending of that movie two thousand and one a Space Odyssey, but nobody gets it eight 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 five two eight two five five seven i got we 've been talking about artificial intelligence and uh, we 'll cover a couple of things here, but I want to get to your calls Eileen in Long Beach welcome to the Pastor Scott show.
7: Hey, pastor scott thank you for taking my call i love your show thank you eileen okay i'm gonna make it short and quick here um talking about artificial intelligence and it's just what it is it's artificial and artificial uh, is basically using a negative way to describe something that's fake or imitation so Basically, if you replace the word artificial with what it really means, it's fake intelligence. It's imitation intelligence. And we as Christians have to have the spirit of discernment, and the Bible tells us to have the spirit of discernment so we can test the spirit and know what's real and what's fake. And, you know, now is the end time, and the Bible also talks about we're going to have itchy ears. Right. Itchy ears. And people want to hear certain things. Right. And not the word of God. And so we have to see the word. It's not just about going to church on Sundays, but we have to study to show ourselves approved right? And we have to dig deep into the Word so that we know and that we are able to discern. And the Bible says that the shepherd knows the sheep, and the sheep know their shepherd. So it is what it is, and we ought to not get caught up with this artificial intelligence thing, and we just got to keep it in our prayers.
2: Yeah, you know, Eileen, discernment is exactly the right word for our day and age, and the Bible tells us repeatedly to develop discernment. Thank you for your call, Eileen, uh, at the Pastor Scott Show. Um, Philippians one chapter nine, it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Hebrews five fourteen, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Now, how do you know if something is right or wrong? Well, Often, you know I mean people generally agree across the the world about most things being right and wrong, but we're living in a time where people are changing that. How do we know what is genuinely good and evil because there is evil, there is good, and uh you don't really get to change it. You have to discern and it takes practice that's why Hebrew says it's for the matures. You mature in your belief as as a believer that matters that matters so much. Uh, good call there. Uh, discernment I think is a it's something that is not taught enough, but it's something that you've got to have. And I think it requires self-control. It requires, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You know, those are things that you don't get to pick one and say, oh, I've got that. You know, you it's all of them. The Holy Spirit is trying to develop all of those things. Not trying, but is developing all of those things with you. And some of them are going to come across better. Maybe some of them you were better at beforehand. But, you know, what I like to point out with that is that on all of those issues, if you hear that and you go, boy, I don't have the self-control or, you know, I struggle with faith or I struggle with... You have supernatural help. That's the Holy Spirit with spiritual gifts. It isn't the scripture saying you need to work really hard to develop your self-control. You know, you need to work really hard and become a gentle person. You... You actually have supernatural help. Did you know that? That you're not by yourself. That in all of these things, we talk about these subjects and they're kind of scary. In all of these things, they are uh not things that are uh that we're just left by ourselves. God did not give us life and all of its complications like a hand grenade and we just have to hope that we figure it out and we don't pull the wrong thing out of the, you know. It's we've got the word of God. It is in today incredibly available. You know, I give the the warning of one day all of our digital Bibles will be suspect to change or subject to being changed without our knowledge. But right now that's not happening. Right now you've got the incredible, incredible ability to have the Word of God. You can have it read, read to you digitally if you struggle with reading it. We did a, a program a few times at our church called The Bible in 90 Days – and uh, you can, you can read the whole Bible, Genesis to Revelation, all the way through in 90 days. It's about an hour a day, average reader. And uh, one guy, he, he was the guy who sits at the end of the truck at the Goodwill drop-off place where you drop off your stuff for Goodwill or one of those companies and uh, for your donations. And his job was to be the guy who was there, right? And, you know, most of the time there's nobody coming by. He did the whole Bible in 45 days. I think that's a record, but he did the entire thing in 45 days because he had it on his iPod or something, and he listened to it, and uh, he paid attention, and he knew his, you know it was an amazing thing. Think about that. Uh, now that's longer than an hour a day, but if you've got you know a situation where you have that kind of downtime, imagine in a month and a half you will have heard the whole Bible, or imagine if you're just reading in an hour a day, by the end of the summer, you will have read your whole Bible. You'll be, you'll be able to discern. The Lord will bless that activity. Uh, I mentioned we were going to talk about the, uh, the, the debt. I think the debt ceiling thing is going to pass later on tonight. And uh, like we said on the show, it was always going to pass. We're never going to default. We're not going to do that. There's so many other, other ways about it. And, uh, you know, I think the future thing that doesn't get as much attention because it doesn't create the crisis that it should is the budget. So if this is something you're passionate about, our government spends too much money, more money than we have. It's very dangerous, and it is going to create more and more problems. Go after your Congress people and tell them to stop spending money. In fact, we've been talking about artificial intelligence, right? And so I went to um, chat GPT, and I said, how would you pay off the national debt? And, uh, you know, what it said, it said, uh, you know, it says it's a complex and challenging task that requires a combination, you know, increase government revenue, okay, tax more people and stuff, okay, closing loopholes, broadening the, t- there's things you can do there, Decrease government spending, obviously, economic growth, that helps, but don't overspend just because the economy grows doesn't mean you spend more, debt restructuring, there are different things that can be done, the government with that, and fiscal discipline. I don't think we need artificial intelligence to tell us that. That's what we should be demanding from our leaders. That's what we should be demanding from, yes, your congressperson, whoever that is, your senator, wherever you are, both at the state level and nationally. And I say yours because what we tend to do, you know, as a, com- as a country is we keep reelecting the same people. You know, even when we have a year when there's big change, still 90 percent or something gets reelected. and It's because most people say, well, Congress is terrible, but my congressperson is great. And so you vote for your congressperson and everybody in every district does that and then you elect all the same people or people just like those people. We have to we have to stop doing that. We have to get people who are going to actually pay attention. And otherwise the artificial intelligence is just going to take over the government. That's one of the other warnings that this group put out that is talking about the dangers of of artificial intelligence that one of the risks is that we will give over our governing to computers. You know what I just put in about the national debt? I bet a computer could solve the national debt. It could determine your tax rate. It could determine how to uh, analyze the economy and do all of that. I'll bet that pretty soon there is a way to do that, but it can't analyze pain. It can't analyze the human uh, impact that something like that's going to have. And one of the other warnings is that it can be deceptive, and it can actually develop into something uh, diabolical. And I'm afraid we're headed towards even just doing that. Well, the computer says that this is what everything should be, so we're going to follow it. And it doesn't have discernment. It doesn't have wisdom. All it has is information and a program and a goal, and it might use all kinds of different ways to get to that goal. All right, friends, uh, we are done with the first hour. Hey, when we come back, I've got a couple of guests who started uh, a a movie production studio here in Los Angeles, and Hollywood, in Burbank, and they gave their lives to Christ and they're going to tell you their story about how they almost lost everything in that business once they did that, and now how God is blessing it. I don't want you to go away. It's going to be exciting to hear that. You can get the podcast of this program. You can go to kkla.com and the go through the app and get the Pastor Scott Show podcast, or get the Pastor Scott Show podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can also follow me on social media. Just look up Scott Furrow. You'll find me there somewhere. All right, we'll be back with hour two as the Wednesday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned